Welcome back to the Business Extra. We're in Davos, Switzerland for the World Economic Forum annual meeting. We're being hosted by the forum this week. I'm very happy to say that with me for this discussion is Roberto Bocca, who's the forum's lead on energy. Welcome, Roberto. Thank you very much. Welcome to you, to thank Davos. You, thank you. Thank you for having us. So energy is a really important topic anytime we're here for the annual meeting, but in particular this year, it feels that uh, energy is at the middle of everything we're discussing. Can you kind of give us a little bit on uh, insight on what the main issues will be that you'll be discussing? Absolutely. Uh, we have a lot of session on, and debate on energy this year. Uh, we have three main topics. One is the energy crisis, one is the energy transition, and one is the energy nexus. So the nexus between energy and all these other ecosystems like water and food that are critical. So we are really trying to work through these three topics in a, in a, in a good way and hopefully finding ideas and solutions. So we talked about the energy crisis last year. It was a matter of a crisis of supply and high prices, particularly in Europe. Um, but it seems like the, the winter has been a bit milder. Is it too early to tell? I don't know. But, but if it's milder, then maybe things won't be as bad as, as we expected, at least for Europe. I think you're right. Uh, at least for Europe, it's been a, a mild winter, uh, not good for the skier in Davos, but good for, for the gas storage and so on. Um, and I also think that the crisis at one stage was unknown. There were a lot of unknown. I think we are now in the stage in which we understand a bit more what works, what doesn't work, the challenging and the opportunity. So I think we are off the peak of the crisis, but the energy transition is now really at the center of this. And the crisis, in my view, will be an accelerator for this transition. And the transition we've discussed many times over the last sort of 12 months is about moving to a future where it is net zero of carbon emissions, but at the same time that we're able to meet demand. Because part of the crisis was that we just didn't have enough uh, supply because investment in hydrocarbons over the last few years, not just because of climate, but partly because of climate, had not been enough to sustain uh, the demand, the rising demand, because we'll always have rising demand. So when we talk about the energy transition now, is that essentially how do we move to a carbon-free uh, future while also maintaining supply? Is that really the the, the, the equation we're looking for? Yeah, and I, you're absolutely right, Mustafa, and I would add one element. We always talk about the energy transition as three dimension. So one is sustainability, the climate, one is the supply, security, but the other one is the affordability. So let's remember that the purpose of energy is support economic growth. And if there is no energy or if the energy is too expensive, that will not be possible. So the energy transition is complex because it has to address these three dimensions, but it's possible because now finally we realize, or many people already did, but now I think everybody realized that it's not only about climate, per se very important, but it's complex and we cannot tackle the three sides of this triangle together. So as energy lead at the forum, where, what's your stance on this? I mean, like, you know, what, what kind of priority does the forum have when it comes to the energy transition? Very good. You hinted to it to some extent because we talk a lot about supply and supply is important and we have to accelerate the deployment of the new technology and so on. But we often forget all the element of transmission and especially the demand. You are talking about demand. Demand is critical. Um, we need, by 2050, about double the economy size to be supplied by energy. And to do that, we have effectively to consume the same energy as of today. That means we have to double our efficiency. We have to reduce the amount of energy we use for one unit of GDP. And this is possible because today we have technologies, digitalization, artificial intelligence, so on. We have uh, technology in the energy space. And we also have opportunity to collaborate in a way and create business models that consume much less energy for the same benefit. 
So the demand is as important as the supply and the efficiency that you were referring to uh, in this transition. So is, is this is, is a boring word, standards? Is this about setting the standards and the parameters for making this happen now, everyone agreeing how it should happen, essentially? Well, the everyone is always difficult, but definitely in, at regional level, there could be some of that. But it's not only about standards. It's really, if you think one of the big trends that we are seeing and will happen is uh, electrification. And when you start electrifying and you have cars and you have your appliance and you have the digital and you can connect all the pieces, also the intermittence of some of the renewable will be offset by, by all of this system. So it's really connecting all the pieces and make it much more functional, if you like. So we talked about the energy transition um, and we mentioned climate. It's a big year for climate because COP28, which is being hosted uh, by the UAE uh, at the end of November, it's going to be the, uh, the, the, the stock take of essentially what we've achieved since Paris in 2015. Have we met our goals to uh, keep global warming uh, limited at 1.5 degrees Celsius? So, and, and there are some people saying that, you know, that means we have to just stop uh, the hydrocarbons now, right? If we're going to do that, because we're not, at the moment, it doesn't look like we're on track. So from an energy point of view, you know, how does the industry look at this? How do, how do policymakers look at this when, you know, there seems to be, you know, more and more urgency and, and more and more alarm about what's happening. Yeah, no, certainly. I mean, to think of stopping something now is unrealistic. And also we can't think at the complexities and the size of the energy system to be switching in, in one year or, or so. So what we can do, though, is reduce as much as possible the emission from the fossil fuel generation, because fossil fuel is not bad per se. It's the emission that are uh, coming out of it, that, that is a problem. So reduce as much and abate as much as possible on that part of the system that we will still need for many years. And in parallel, accelerate that the new part of the supply that we, you know, the clean energy and so on, and address the demand, so the efficiency. So I, in our work, we are really looking at these three aspects, how you accelerate electrification, but also how you abate the, uh, the, the, the emission stock that we have now, and then all the efficiency elements. Yeah, abating is, is important. And, and people sometimes forget about that, but it, it is a crucial part of the equation. It is a crucial part of the equation because we have to be realistic. If you just take oil today, we use 100 million barrel oil per day. Even if it goes down, it will not go down quickly and it will not go down tomorrow. So instead of fighting against the existence that is there, is let's fight the mission and let's you know, go against the mission and, and not just the, the, the fuels per se. I, I've, we've seen COP26 COP in Glasgow, COP27 in, in Egypt. Uh, very different perspectives. We had some agreement on, for example, uh, you know, costs for emerging economies um, at Egypt's COP. Um, but in, you know, very much it feels the language of climate at the moment is very divisive. It's us against them, you against me. Um, and then with COP28, we're seeing a trend uh, where the energy companies are getting more and more involved centrally in the climate action. I remember in COP26 there at Glasgow, they were virtually unwelcome. And now in COP28, they will, will have an important role. And also we have the, the UAE is appointed as president designate for COP28, Dr. Sultan Al-Jabbar, who's also um, the envoy for climate for the UAE, but also chief executive and MD of the Abu Dhabi National Oil Company. So there's different perspectives on this. There is the perspective that um, energy shouldn't be leading this. But then there's also another perspective, which is if energy is one of the industries that needs to change, isn't it better that they lead it? What, from your point of view, kind of almost as, I guess, uh, an objective player, right? I mean, what's your view? 
Yeah. Uh, it's, it's interesting you call it energy. Uh, you know, some people would say it's the oil and gas sector because the electricity sector is seen as more on, on the other side, if you like. But you're absolutely right. There is a bit of, too much of this us and them. We're in all this together because we want to keep the standard and increase the standard for living for all of us. And so we can't think of one against the other because the, the system is so big. So to your question of the appointment uh, for the COP28, I think finally we have people that realize that you know, the system is complex and we need people to come together from both sides. And you know, the, the, the Tar Sultan is on one side the, the, the CEO of ADNOC, but is also playing a key role in Mazda and in other programs. So I think uh, uh, with this leadership, it's possible actually to bring to the table the two sides of the equation. And hopefully people on both sides will be open to, to make concession in a way and to move forward things as they have to. Because as this crisis has demonstrated, is, you know, we're going to have another crisis next year, in two years. It's going to happen again unless we really tackle the issue in its complexity from, as you call it, two sides. Yeah, uh, so we, 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 we're fortunate, uh, based in the Gulf that we are, that we're able to talk medium and long-term about energy because we don't have this crisis. And so it's understandable that in Europe and elsewhere where you know, there is this crisis at the moment, we're talking about energy right now. Um, and I feel that the forum is always saying, I mean, Professor Schwab, the founder of the forum is always saying, we need to have long, medium, long-term discussions. We can't live in this crisis mindset. So for, do, do, you know, to, to what extent is a, a kind of success this week if you can get various decision makers moving on from that crisis mindset? Absolutely. And that's why for us, I was saying at the beginning, we have these two of the three topics is one is crisis and another transition. We want to link the two from the perspective of, okay, let's put behind the crisis, but accelerate the transition so that we, we avoid another crisis. So to accelerate the transition is to be uh, pragmatic and the investment, while we look at the medium term, we have to start investing or we have to keep investing and increase investing now. In one of our studies, we also look uh, at the emerging economies and the investment in emerging economies have to go by a factor of seven versus today when you talk about energy transition. So we need, uh, you were referring earlier to these challenges that there are. I think everybody has to be conscious of the challenge. I think now we have some parameters, you know, the, by seven on the emerging economies has to go. Efficiency has to double per unit of GDP. Electrification has to go by a factor of three. So I think we have a global direction that is now much more clear. And so everybody can put his head at the table to solve this issue. And, and there are technology, there are opportunities. Is, I think is a great opportunity for create what I call radical collaboration. It's now time to stop to fight. Let's collaborate in a different way and find solution and find the best way for all humanity in a way. Roberto Bocca, thanks so much for being with us. Thank you. And thank you all for being with us. We're going to be at Davos all week. So do check out thenationalnews.com on all platforms uh, to see the, uh, the news and the updates that we'll be bringing you. And thank you to our host, the World Economic Forum. They also have some great content, uh, podcasts such as Radio Davos, Meet the Leader, so you can check that out. We'll see you again next time. <laughs>